welcome to episode 27 of From the Shed End podcast with myself, Tida, and always I'm joined uh, with Theo. I can't get my words out. I'm still annoyed. So I'm joined by Theo. How are you doing? Yeah, I've been better. Um, I'm going to kind of treat this episode as a bit of a therapy session after yesterday's defeat. I think we both are. So I um, kind of wanted to get it out of the way with, share our thoughts, our frustrations. But yeah, otherwise I'm not too bad. Can't really complain. Good, good. And for anyone who's listening, um, first of all, let's get the, the good bits out of the way. Let's get the good bits out of the way. So if you're you're on Twitter or Instagram or, or you're on YouTube, you can follow us. Um, we've got all our socials. If you're watching at the bottom of the screen, you'll be able to see them. But if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, um, Twitter is at from the shed end. That's all one word. And on Instagram, you can follow us at from the shed end with an underscore between each of the words. And on YouTube, from the shed ends, we've tried to keep it consistent. So search for us on YouTube, subscribe, like, and comment. As always, interact with us on Twitter and Instagram as well. We, we do appreciate that. But let, let's move over to last night. We did say before, we thought it was going to be a bit of a difficult game in our, our last episode. But let's talk about the fact that it was probably a lot worse than we actually thought it was going to be. Um, let's talk about the lineup first, because I think, obviously, there was no, there was no real surprises for me in terms of the Chelsea lineup, We obviously knew that Morata and Depailo weren't going to be playing for Juventus, but just in terms of what the lineup was that Tuchel went with, was you, was you surprised that he didn't stick to the sort of formation that he had against City with the Werner Lukaku up top? Was you surprised not to see that or was you happy not to see that? No, I thought I thought he got the lineup right. Um, I thought maybe the one change I would have made was lost his cheek for Hakim Ziyech, but otherwise, the lineup made complete sense. Um, the Lukaku Werner partnership, um, I want to see it again at some point this season, but I don't think this was the right game for that. Um, it didn't really work too well against um, against City. And, you know, the City defenders didn't really allow them the space to, to win those second balls. But um, I thought the lineup did make sense, other, other than uh, maybe Loftus Cheek coming in for Ziyech. Yeah. And I- I think he, I think he deserves a chance. I think we've we've spoken about him in length on a very um, you know detailed basis and on a few episodes now around Loftus Cheek and the fact that he does, you know, he, he's not up there as a, I suppose as a Mason Mount when you think about um, you know regular starters for Chelsea, but he's definitely proven for me whenever he's been given a, ch- a chance or an opportunity to play that he can actually play and he, he changes the game. We saw that yesterday, but um, yeah, you know, let's let's start with the first half because uh, you know I I thought we. We were speaking obviously during the game, but I felt we played really well. Obviously, we kept a lot of the ball, retained a lot of possession. I think there was a stat that we we had over three hundred passes, which when you look back now doesn't actually mean anything. But in terms of the game itself, the first half, what what were your thoughts? I mean, the positive from that first half was it was better than the game against City in the ninety minutes we played against City. It felt like you know we were we kind of woke up and we were in it to win it. And Tuchel did say post-match that the team had trained really, really well against them in the in the days in between the City defeat and the Juventus game. And you could kind of see that in that first half. I did like that, that quick corner that I think Alonso took to, to Lukaku. I think mean, that was a, a one-shot of target during the game. And you could tell that we worked on that on the training ground. I thought, you know, that showed a bit of signs that maybe, okay, we, we've tried something new, we're trying something different. But um, I still think we, we were a bit sloppy at times. However, you know, Kovacic missing a few passes, allowing, I think, Chiesa and Bernadeschi through um, having, you know, some easy chances on goal. And luckily, they didn't really capitalise on them. But uh, other than that sloppiness, I thought we did play relatively well. But then it's easy to say we played relatively well and there's no goals to show for it. Yeah, because I, 
I remember saying to you at half time or just before half time, we need that goal. We needed a goal to just sort of just to go in at the break and and you know, changes obviously two calls plans what he's probably probably gonna say to the to the team at half time if we get that goal. Juventus have got to come out and they've got to bring the game to us at that point. But they didn't do that. And you know, like I said before, the fact that we've had you know, over 300 passes and we retain 70% of the uh, the ball, which is great. But if you haven't got anything to show for it at the end of the, that first half, those that first 45 minutes, it actually doesn't mean anything. And I agree with you, you know, I, I thought the lineup was spot on. Like I said, I didn't expect any major changes, drastic changes. And I, I do think that we we had moments where we were definitely very sloppy. And I think Kovac, you know, Kovacic was definitely one of those, um, those key players that wasn't at his best in the first half. But, Saying that, going in at half time, I still felt a little bit, you know, we might get something out of this. Is it's very similar to the Zenit game, you know, where, where I said before we played Zenit, it was a bit of a difficult game. And I've said on here a few times now, you know, that we're not playing the best football, so I didn't expect us to to brush Juventus aside. They're a very good team still, um, albeit they're having you know a bit of a rough time in their domestic league. But just in terms of you know coming out second half. You know, Tuchel's obviously gone in, spoke to the boys, probably gave them a you know a bit a bit of a dressing down at the same time as trying to motivate them. But then to come out and I think it was twelve seconds, thirteen seconds after 11, kickoff, eleven seconds, eleven, 11 seconds. seconds, even worse um, to see to see a goal go in. I mean, all the you know all that sort of halftime team talk goes out the window at that point. Yeah, and it just it allowed Juventus just to play their football after and do what they do best, which is literally have 11 players behind the ball, defend that lead. You know, Allegri, that's what he did prior to 2017. You know, that season that they got to the Champions League final, they were playing some amazing defensive football. And I know, just it kind of, been credit to them, they they came out of half-time with a better, maybe better game plan than ours. And they scored after 11 seconds, as you said, a brilliant goal from Chiesa. Who is the player I called out? You know, we, if we get this player out of the game, then we'll we'll win it comfortably or we'll get a point at least. But we failed to do that in that second half. They scored. They defended that lead. Played with eleven players behind the ball, and then after that, it was just you know us trying to pass it, pass it, pass it. But nothing. We weren't creating anything. There was just nothing to create. And I don't know if, if that's because we lack mount. If that's because you know, I love Lukaku. He's a brilliant player. We saw what he's capable of doing at the start of the season. But the last maybe three games he's just been you know kept quiet as soon as he got the ball about three Juventus players would crowd him and win it back same yeah. thing with Havertz I do like Ziyech as well I thought he had a brilliant preseason. I was I was expecting great things from him the, at the start of the, the season but I think he just almost slows the play down at times it's almost like he gets the ball and his decision making is quite poor he takes too long you know to dwell on it and I think that's the main thing about yesterday so our decision making was just too slow it was just too slow we get the ball and we just where we know what to do with it. And then we next thing you know, we pass it back to Kovacic, back to Jorginho, back to Thiago Silva. And then that's how it just kind of time would be ticking and we wouldn't be creating anything. Uh, you know, there's maybe the three best chances of the game were the Havertz header in the 90th minutes, the Lukaku um, shot from the Barkley through ball and the uh, Lukaku um, shot at the start of the game from the Alonso um, corner. Other than that, there was nothing, honestly nothing. And that's what frustrates me the most. You know, you have all that possession, as you said. I think we had about 60% of the ball, maybe more, but about three three smallest chances. And other than that, there was nothing. Yeah, and it's embarrassing. Um, I'm going to be honest, it's embarrassing. The fact that, you know, we, go, we went into the City game. We spoke in the last episode that we hadn't had a shot on target in the City game. And then we're struggling with a, a number nine that we've spent money on, who, albeit 
potentially isn't getting the right service. But even so, I, I still expect you know, a Kai Havertz or a Hakim Ziyech to, to make the chances or to even attempt to score. At one point, I think Rudiger was trying to shoot outside the box. It's, it's, just, it's just embarrassing. You know, I just, I look at the squad now and I, I do think we definitely miss him, Mason Mount. I mean, that's a, mm. a given. 100%. Kante is world-class. We know what he, he does when he comes into a team. But there's still enough on that pitch. There's still 11 players on that pitch for me to win that game last night. And it was just... Like you mentioned, it was very sloppy. I thought defensively, it just it was a it was a shambles. It just didn't seem like it was a you know a full on uh, you know Chelsea performance that we've been seeing last season that won us the Champions League, um, that you know finally got us to the top four that we wanted at the end of the season as well. It just doesn't seem you know the three at the back were together, which is weird because no. you know we speak about how brilliant um, Thiago Silva is and Christensen and um, Rudiger. And it just didn't seem like they were on the same page last night. And, it, you know, we've got to speak about Mendy as well. I mean, I know he, he was a brilliant goal by Chiesa, but I just think sometimes don't play out from the... And I know this is, you know, he's been told this from Tuchel, but just don't play out from the back. You know, mm. get the ball up the other end of the pitch and, and let's give Juventus something to think about as well. Mm. Definitely. I mean, we said it's embarrassing. What's, what's even more embarrassing for me is we're, we're the champions of Europe. You know, we should yeah. be, you know, we should be making a statement in these type of games. This, you know, we're going to win it again or at least have a, a good campaign. But the performance I saw yesterday didn't tell me at all that we're the champions of Europe playing against a very poor Juventus team who are struggling domestically. I think, you know, it was, it was embarrassing, as you said it. And the midfields for me kind of is where the game is won. It's a cliche in football, but for me, that's where the game is won. And I feel like Kovacic and Jorginho, I think Jorginho was taken off quite early on in the game. And then I think, I think we finished the game, I think maybe with, um, was it Loftus-Cheek and Chiloba in midfield at one point? Midfield, or I, yeah. 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 But it just didn't really click yesterday. And I think what's kind of worries me the most, regardless of playing out the, from the back or, you know, defenders maybe not gelling or clicking together, is the creativity. It's the creativity. Even in the, the Zenit game, the Villa League Cup game, the first half of that Spurs game, we weren't creating chances. We're not creating chances. I don't know if that's something that Reese James brings to the team in terms of, you know, kind of crossing ability or if it's, um, you know, a player like Mason Mounts who, you know, he's got that tenacity and that flair and that energy when he comes on or even Loftus-Cheek. I just feel like this maybe is the wake-up call for Tuchel to start Loftus-Cheek. I think we all touch upon it when we do the Southampton um, uh, preview, but um, he's got to be starting now. I can't be having seeing another Hakim Ziyech performance like that or <laughs> struggling with Kovacic and Jorginho not, you know, not creating any chances. It's the perfect game for Loftus-Cheek to come in and make a statement. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I, one of the things that I, I haven't mentioned yet, and I do want to mention um, the, the substitution at halftime with um, Alonso going off and um, Ben Chilwell coming in, because I think there was a lot of talk, especially online. Why isn't, you know, Ben Chilwell playing? You know, he should be getting a chance. Um, what does he need to do to get into the squad? And all, the, and, and I get it, you know. I think, you know, that people are blaming Gareth Southgate for the fact that he's not getting, you know, in two calls starting eleven. For me personally, Ben Chilwell just has to train hard, wait for his opportunity, and if he gets one, he gets one. If he doesn't, it just means that Alonso is playing better than him and his first choice at the moment. But mm. I just look at, I just look at the fact of Ben Chilwell coming in. For me, he didn't offer anything. He no, didn't offer he didn't. anything going forward. He's not, for me personally, I think Alonso is better going forward than Ben Chilwell. Um, defensively, maybe you you probably have Ben Chilwell. In, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a tough argument to have, but, you know, I, I think coming, Ben Chilwell coming into a game where we need a goal, 
he just doesn't fill me with joy to to, to get forward enough. And and yeah. for me, his his first instant reaction is to either pass the ball sideways or to look backwards and head towards you know towards his own goal. Mm. So I just I just don't know what the big sort of um, fascination is around Ben Chilwell having to start over Alonso. Uh, I, I, for me personally, Alonso since the first game of the season has been he's been you know, spot on mm. nine out of tens. All right, he hasn't he, you know he wasn't his best um, in the first half yesterday, but. None of the team was, kind of, in a way. So Chilwell didn't come on and, and light the game no. up or, you know, do anything special. So I just don't understand that fascination around, you know, Ben Chilwell needed to start over Alonso. I mean, they're, they're both very good left-backs, especially left-wing-backs, in my opinion. Um, I just feel Chelsea Twitter or people on Twitter are very kind of, they have this fascination with wanting to use, having an agenda against Alonso ever since maybe the, you know, that first, the Sari season or the second Conte one. But um yeah. I think he's been fantastic. Alonso for their father's season. They're both very good players. As you said, maybe Alonso offers more going forward. Chilwell's a better defender, potentially. And I do think um, Alonso coming off at halftime was because of his yellow card. I feel maybe the last thing you want is to get, it, to, get it, to, to have Alonso get a second yellow and, and us be reduced to 10 men. And he is the type of player that sometimes can make that silly foul to get a second yellow or not think with his head. So that substitution make, made a lot of sense for me. But I completely agree with you. There's this fascination with wanting Chilwell to start games. He just needs to be patient, wait for his turn. Um, I, there is talk, I think Luke Shaw is injured now for the England yeah. squad. So I think he, he'll get some game time with England in October. Um, but yeah, just he needs to be patient, wait his turn. And um, maybe that second half didn't really inspire me with why he should be starting either. But, um, but yeah, just wait his turn. Yeah, I, I agree. Um we mentioned Mason Mount before. We've obviously mentioned Angolo Kante, but just how big of a loss is not having Mason Mount? I mean, not even just talking about last night, but in terms of um, the game that he didn't play in the Villa game, I don't believe in the the, the league game. Mm. I don't think he played in that game. Yeah. And obviously, you know, Kante doesn't appear to be even at his best when he does play because of the ankle injury that he sustains. And um, obviously now he's out with COVID, which is just, you know, just his luck, but um, just in terms of the two of them, obviously not having either of them is, is is worst case scenario. But I feel like you mentioned before, you know, the midfield is where the game is won, and I think I said that before. That this is where the game is won. Two key players that we we'd normally have in those sort of positions, obviously Kante um, a bit deeper. But how big of a loss is it not to have them in in the squad at the moment? It's probably they're probably our two most important players, and I think the last two games have made us realise that they're they're so vital. Maybe after after Lukaku, I think Lukaku, Mason Mount, and Kante. And I was reading a quote from from Antonio Conte about Lukaku actually recently, saying that um, Chelsea haven't really learned how to use him properly yet. But once they learn how to use him properly, then they'll be flying, and um, they just can't afford to to not use him properly. If not, that means reverting back to you know using a false number nine. But um, I think he is right. I think the last couple of games have showed us that we haven't really been able to bring him fully into games. But after Lukaku, it, Mason Mount and Kante are probably our two most important midfielders. Kante particularly, I'm thinking back, you know, some of those Champions League games last season, not just his defensive work, but, you know, how he mm. goes up the pitch, wins back balls. I think the assist he, he gave for, um, I think the ball he played to Havertz for, against Real Madrid in the semifinals at Stamford Bridge, which led to the t- Timo Werner goal. That's what Kante offers, you know, just almost dancing past players at times, but so making it look so easy. It's just sometimes his passing could be a bit better, but you can't really fault him because he offers so much else than that. But um, but Mason Mount as well, I, I said, like creativity 
it's what we've been lacking recently and he's probably our most creative player at the moment so it's kind of annoying to have those two out especially at such a two really really important games we've had recently but um but yeah you you can't really you've got that's why we've got the depth that's why I suppose we bought players like Sal Nagezen who hasn't really played much but I don't really know what, what to say but we need them back after the international break as soon as possible yeah, and I, you know, I, I agree a hundred percent. I think, um, you know, it, it's a strange one for you, you know. You mentioned Sal Niguez, and I think that's a a very good point to sort of bring up now as well, because I don't know at what point are we actually going to see Sal Niguez? Because again, maybe for me personally, I'd said before that, um, you know, I didn't see any surprises in the lineup, but maybe I would have potentially started Sal Niguez last night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, I think he's, I think he's, he played in a cup against Villa. And he obviously, he obviously had that first half against um, Liverpool. I think it was, wasn't it? That he came Vi- to get subbed off. Villa, Villa at home. I think it was in the league, in the, league, in the Premier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, um, you know, he's got those those two sort of games under his belt, but we haven't really seen anything else of him. And I'm not sure at what point are we going to. You know, we, we're in October, so you know, mm. we're in we're in the sort of the, the parts of the season where we need someone who is a bit more creative. And I believe Sal Niguez is that that player, you know, he is someone that is very creative. When are we actually going to see him play? Because for me personally, I would have potentially brought him on yesterday, but, or started him, you know, maybe start him and, and, mm. you know, you drop maybe Jorginho or Kovacic or I don't know, but you, 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 you know, at what point are we going to see Sal Niguez giving us some game time? You know, he's on a loan. He's got to impress us. He's got to impress, the, you know, the manager and, and the club and he doesn't seem to be getting his chance. Yeah. Kovacic looked tired yesterday. He looked very, very tired. So you do, you are thinking that would have been maybe in the game you bring an experienced Champions League player like Sal Niguez into the team. I do think he's quality. I know he's quality from his Atletico days. I don't think he's shown it yet at Chelsea. It's only a matter of time, I believe. I just saw he's not in the Spanish team. He hasn't been selected for the Spanish national squad, which is yeah. probably due to his lack of Big game ball. time. Yeah. But... um. You know, I mentioned before, we've got games like Southampton, Norwich, Brentford, Southampton in the cup again after. These are the type of games you'd be wanting him to start, maybe rest the Jorginho Kovacic while Kante is still recovering. Um, but yeah, we it's only a matter of time, I want to say. I hope it's only a matter of, the t- of time. But then there's also a small part of me that's also worried that maybe Tuchel, he hasn't really gained Tuchel's trust yet. Maybe, you know, if he hasn't, he's not even coming off the bench, then maybe yeah. Tuchel can't really rely on him as far yet and I do trust Tuchel's judgment when it comes to line up when it comes to substitutions so that's another part that slightly worries me yeah and I agree you know I think we, we've got to back the manager and I think obviously again you know you mentioned sort of Chelsea Twitter which is probably the worst place to go after a defeat because it will it will send you down a rabbit hole you do not want to go down but um I want to talk about Thomas Tuchel because I feel like there is sort of a 50-50 balance of, you know, some of the some of the uh, fan base, you know, what I, I read someone putting, you know, Tuchel out on Twitter, you know, how it's all, I, I just think it's ridiculous. And for me, it isn't panic stations, but it is, a, a, you know, alarm bells are starting to ring a little bit now because I think obviously back-to-back defeats isn't nice for anyone. But for me... I want to see what Thomas Tuchel does in terms of getting a team back to where they need to be. Man City is always going to be a tough game. Uh, you know, I don't care what team they put out. It's always going to be a tough game because of how Pep lines that team up. So we said on the last episode, or well, I said on the last episode, I wasn't expecting us to, again, to dominate that game. Um, I did think we'd win, but I didn't think we'd, we'd dominate the game because it's City, it's Pep. 
yesterday's game, I thought we were going to give them a mm. game and we never. So I'm, I'm more annoyed and potentially yeah, pissed off that we didn't win the game. Um, you know, it was a, it was a sort of bad game for us, but is, you know, is, is it a case of just, you know, we are missing some key players. We've just mentioned Mason Mount. We've just m- mentioned N'Golo Kante. Kovacic is shattered. We've got to still remember this is Lukaku's, uh, you know, eighth game potentially or seventh game for the club since he's re-signed for us. So there's still a lot of that that's obviously happening on the training pitch as well to get him used to the other players. Mendy's started, I think, nearly every game, bar maybe three or four. Is it just a case of, you know, we're, we're, we're at a point where every team goes through this. This is every team's dip and every team will have a dip this season. This is just our dip in the season. Yeah, you can call it a dip. You can call it two defeats in a row and then it's finished afterwards and it's just a blip. But I think it's only the second time we've had back-to-back defeats under Thomas Tuchel since he took charge. Yeah, And I do back Thomas Tuchel as a manager and his football brain to to recover from this period. I, it's, it's crazy, as you said, like football Twitter reacting and calling it almost like a crisis, or which I think is absurd. It's absolutely absurd, you know, calling Thomas Tuchel, you know, Thomas Tuchel out and all this. I can't believe it. You know, he won as a Champions League only like three or four months ago. And that's why for me, it's like when you, when you kind of compare fan bases, you should never compare what you see on Twitter to the actual, yeah. ma- you know, fans that go to matches. The actual fans. Yeah. The actual yeah. fans. Cause that's what I want to call them. The actual fans, not someone yeah. who, the reactive, I know he's got fans. the reactive fans exactly so I don't want to base for what I see on Twitter those aren't you know an accurate representation of what Chelsea fans are like I want to say um, but I think I backed Thomas Tuchel to recover from this I called the Juventus game the perfect game to recover from the City defeat which it was in a way a big European matchup against you know an Italian you know a European heavyweight in a way but then we've got Southampton in the league who are I think haven't won a single game this season if I'm not mistaken I'm not too sure. (laughs) Yeah, I might have just didn't say now, but um, but it's the type of game at home as well. If you can't be winning those ones, you're thinking "Mm, something's not clicking in his team anymore, and that's when you start to ask questions. Do you bring in, you know, not not a new manager, but do you change completely the formation? Do you revert back to a back four, you know, something like that, or do do you give Lukaku a rest and maybe play Havertz as a false nine until Lukaku? you know, finds his feet again, or that's when you start to ask questions, I suppose, about the tactics and the formation. But, you know, defeats against City and Juventus, two seasons ago, you'd think that's just the standard, I suppose, of this Chelsea squad. But I think we've set our expectations so, so high now, which yeah. I guess we're, we're rightfully allowed to do after being champions of Europe. But, um, but no, I just shouldn't be any pressure mounting on Thomas Tuchel at all. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I'm looking at some, I'm just thinking of some of the other managers, you know, across Europe, I'm looking at Barcelona and, you know, look at the way that uh, um, Ancelotti lost it on, on Tuesday as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of talk. And I, I think maybe you're right. I think maybe because of the pressure, say the pressure, but the fact that we won the Champions League, that pressure kind of is there, rightfully so. I think, it, you know, you win a trophy, the expectations do jump up. You are supposed to retain the trophy. That's just a given. But I do think as well that every team goes through this. Every, you know, if someone had said to me at the start of uh, last season, you're going to win the Champions League, you're going to have a really good start to the season in the Premier League, which we have, but you might lose to Man City and you're going to play pretty bad against Juventus. I'd say, well, okay, that's just football. That's just Mm. how I think we're so used. And I think I said this on the last episode or the one before, but we're so used to winning when we lose 
it it really does you know send out sort of like the the strangest Chelsea fans start having meltdowns and you know I don't think it's a, a case of worrying I don't think it's I agree with you I think maybe look at formations I think maybe at times I think it's it's easier for um you know, teams to pick off Chelsea because of the way that we set up. We don't really change our formation. We have the three centre-backs. We've got the two wing-backs, you know, the, the the midfield and then, you know, Lukaku up front. But I do think, I don't think it's a change of system. I just think, I think you're right. I think, to be honest, I think the international break in some ways will help us. Yeah, yeah. You know, Definitely. I do think that. I think the international break will help us. I think, obviously, we've got to get through the game on Saturday against Southampton, if we can get three points there, I don't think anyone's even going to mention the fact that we didn't play well against Juventus or, or City. I think if we can beat Southampton, big if, but if we can beat them, um, you, you know, no one's, no one's going to mention that. We'll, we, we'll, we'll go on to the international break. Hopefully no one comes back injured and then we can reset and go again. And, and But like we've mentioned, you know, we've got a relatively good, I like to say relatively good, but a, a decent running for October in terms of our fixtures. So it, you know, it's not for me. It's not a panic. It's you know, it's Thomas Tuchel who's won us the Champions League, who's got a very good uh, track record. I suppose wherever he's gone, you know, all the clubs he's managed as well. I don't see it as a. I just see it as a blip. You know, mm. West Brom for me last season was a blip. You know, the last game of the season against Aston Villa, it was just a game that we lost. You know, no, no, there was meltdowns then as well, and I just think it's it's just those fickle fans, I suppose. But um, yeah, you know. I'm backing Thomas Tuchel until I can't back him anymore. And I'll do that with any manager that's, you know, um, in charge of Chelsea, to be honest. Yeah, it's an inter- it's an interesting conversation to have, but I'm almost surprised we're having it. Because, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's almost thinking like we've lost two games and we're already talking about it's pressure mounting on the manager based on what we've seen on Twitter, which yeah. is actually crazy. But at the same time, it just shows the expectations that Chelsea fans have now and that we're just so used to winning. And even our predictions, we both predicted, I think, 2-1 Chelsea against Man City. I think maybe you did a was it one nil or something like that? And we both said two yeah. one against Juventus. Yeah. Which now looking back is like we were very, very confident. But yeah. and rightfully, and rightfully so. so. Yeah. Yeah. Why why not? You know, why not be confident when we've played brilliantly in the Premier League with champions of Europe? And what why you know, why wouldn't we? Um, you know, they had a lot of absentees just like we did as well. So I think we I think we were right to be confident. I just think maybe going into every game thinking you're gonna win isn't the right angle to have, mm. I suppose. Yeah, you can't be too confident and cocky at the same time. But international break for me, I always dread them. But this one's coming at a good time. For me, I'm thinking of the injuries. It'll be two weeks where those players who are injured, who are recovering from COVID, will have you know two weeks to recover and come back afterwards. And I think Kante will be back after the October yep. international break. Yep. And usually when he, he gets called up to France, he comes back with an injury, which injured, is always annoying. Yep. So I'm glad he's not being called up. Same with, with Rhys James. I think it's a six-week injury. So if you can take two weeks off that, you know, recovery time, that's brilliant for us. And hopefully have him back for the start of November. And uh, Mason Mount will be back, I think, in a week or two max. And uh, Pulisic's another one we haven't talked about, but I think he offers a lot as well. And, you know, we saw it against Crystal Palace on the first day of the season. And I do think I rate Pulisic more than Ziyech if we're going to be playing oh, yeah. a front three. So I think he's one that we need to have back soon. He came back on crutches from his last international break. But if he's not back um, for this weekend, he'll be definitely back after the international break as well. Yeah, and that, I mean, you've just listed, you know, four players there that would easily get into our starting eleven in uh, Reese James, Kante, Mount, and Pulisic. For me, you know, mm. I just look at those four players, and that's a massive part of your your core spine of your team to lose 
at one time, you know, we spoke about Liverpool last season a lot and how they didn't have their core spine and what, you know, the, the impact it has on them. So it's very similar in ways, you know, I think we've lost a, a massive chunk of our core of the spine of the team. So, you know, I, I just think it's just reactive fans who want to get attention, who will gladly say, you know, to call out, but a few months ago, they're the ones celebrating when we went to Porto and beat Man City mm. 1-0. So, yeah. you know, I think, I think the perfect way, perfect way to describe them is spoiled fans, I think. Yeah, yeah. Spoiled fans are just so used to winning. They're so used to, you know, having things go their way when it comes to football that when, as soon as there's a small, you know, bump in the road, they, they react and they, yeah, they don't know how to deal with it exactly. But spoiled yeah. fans, in my opinion. Well, let's leave the spoiled fans on Twitter and let's move on. Let's talk about Saturday, big game. We've just mentioned, obviously, Mason Mount, Kante, Reese James potentially won't be in that, in that, involved in that. But they also won't have a very key player for them as well. But what's your thoughts on, on Southampton? Because I think you just mentioned they haven't won a game all season. I don't think. I think you're correct in that. I but, think I'm correct. I'm not entirely sure. I might need to back myself with some with a Google search. Uh, but. <laughs> no, they haven't. They've drawn four, lost two, conceded seven, scored four. So they're 16th at the moment in the league. What's your thoughts on Southampton? It's going to be a tricky game, but we are, we are at the bridge. That fills me with a bit more joy. Mm-hmm. But what's your thoughts? They're, they're inconsistent, I feel. Very, very inconsistent as a team. Though they drew with City, good performance at the Etihad against City. Unlucky not to win that one. Yeah, but at the same time, they're the type of team you know. Once a season, they'll get beaten nine nil or something like that. So it's <laughs> quite. Yeah, two, last two seasons, they they lost nine nil to United. Season before, nine nil to Leicester. Yeah. So they do have this kind of inconsistency when with their performances, and it will be typical, typical if they turn up against us um, on Saturday. We drew them twice last season, games that we should have been winning out. Mm. They don't have Danny Ings this year. I don't think they fully replaced him, which is probably a good sign for us. And the player that they tried to replace him with, maybe Armando Braha, is belongs to us. So he can't be playing against his parent club on, yeah. on Saturday, which is a good sign for us. Um, one player that I want to, I think I spoke about him in previous episodes, is, is um, Timo Livermento. He's absolutely fantastic. You know, right back. Um, a lot of rival fans, you know, always tell me, why did you guys sell him? He's absolutely brilliant. Um, but I think he'll probably want to, he'll play on, on Saturday back at the bridge. He never played a, a senior game for us. So maybe he's got a point to prove there. But at the same time, you know, I could praise Southampton, but also say we've got better players than them in terms of individual quality and we should be winning against them. You know, I said the same against City and I said, I said that we, we'd win against City and Juventus, but now looking back, there's a lot bigger teams than Southampton. Um, I'm going to say my prediction later, which might be a bit surprising, but um, <laughs> but I know I think we should be winning. And at the same time, um, I'm expecting, I really hope that we come out, not just during the 90 minutes and get like the three points, but I hope we just almost make a statement and win by, you know, win comfortably, create chances. And, you know, as you said, all, all of a sudden, if we do that, the Aventus game is forgotten about. Yeah, and I, I agree with everything you've said. I think, you know, we've got we've got a squad to deal with Southampton. I do think they're going to be missing, um, obviously, Danny Ings. I think they've tried to replace him with... Um, they brought Arm, in Adam Armstrong, I think. Strong, as well, yeah, it's the other one. Yeah, it's the other so, guy. Um, who, who is a very good striker. He's a very good player. He's a, you know, he's a decent player. But I, I'd like to think the two humbling matches we've just had in terms of Man City and Juventus have woke a couple of the players up, especially the players that are regular starters for us as well. You know, Tuchel isn't scared to 
to change his team if he needs to. He he's not scared to drop players, and you know he he, he will do that. So I think that might be a bit of a wake up call for some of the players who not that they're riding on their you know, their morals or their, their luck, um, but I, I can't see us losing. <laughs> I know I say this every week, I, I really do, but you know I do think Danny Ings was a really really good. Um, you know, striker that they had and they've lost, and I feel like that's one of the reasons why they're, you know, they 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 are where they are in the league at the moment. So I know we haven't had the best of um, records. I think we drew one one and three three. I think last last, last season. season, and even our home record against Southampton over the last three seasons has been very very poor. It's not top been the best, has it? Top of my head, our last win against them at home was December two thousand and seventeen. Yeah, if so I'm not, if I'm, yeah, yeah, but I mean. I'm talking from a place where, you know, I've just been watching Chelsea be spanked by City, spanked <laughs> by Juventus. And now coming into this game, I'm, I'm going to be optimistic and I'm going to say that we will win. I think this has to, I think if we don't win this game and we play in a way that we don't even attempt to win the game, which is what worries me because we, the games I've watched and you've obviously watched and been at as well, um, you know, we're not even attempting to win the games. Or if mm. we do attempt to win, the, you know, we, we, we've been quite lucky against Zenit. We were lucky against um, Liverpool not to, you know, mm. concede another goal. Even though, you know, we've spoke about the penalty issue with Reese James, but I just look at some of those games and I think we're not playing the best football. We're really mm. not, and I think we're we're getting wins and it covers up the cracks of how we we're, we're actually playing because we're not talking about it because we're getting three points. Um, I think the only time I really spoke about it as as Chelsea fans is against Man City when we lost and mm. against Juventus but we're not playing the best football at the moment we're not playing like last season um, so I, I think we've got enough I think you know I think we've got enough to beat them we're at home I know we haven't got the best records I think that helps I think last season there was obviously no fans in the stadium as well so you know um, this season I think we'll and especially after the two defeats I think you know I know I think you're going to the game aren't you yeah or, yeah I'm going yeah, so, That's happy, yeah. you know, I'm sure you'll be able to tell us how loud it, it is at Stamford Bridge I think after la- last night I think you know the fans are going to get behind the team and um, yeah we're going to give it a 10 out of 10 so I'm going to give my prediction now I'm going to go for I'm going to go for 2-0. I'm going to go for mm. 2-0. I'm going to go for Kai Havertz and I'm going to go for Lukaku. I think I think the thing with Lukaku is he just needs a service. He just needs a good exactly. service. Exactly, he, he does. He, he needs does. It. So I think he'll get that on on Saturday and I'm going to go 2-0. I think Mendy's going to be coming back with his clean sheets and, and he'll want to, you know, get back to the clean sheets. And um, there won't be many surprises, I don't think, in, in terms of the lineup. I'd love to see Loftus-Cheek start or maybe at least get, you know, half an hour a, a decent run out, not, you know, 10 minutes or five minutes at the end of the game. I want to see him get into the game and, and get stuck in. So I think 2-0 and, uh, you know, I think after the, the, the sort of last seven days that we've had, I think it would be the best thing for, for as a Chelsea fan. For me, we've had a humbling sort of, you know, week or so. I think this will, will get us back on track. <clears throat> I'm a bit lost in my predictions. I think if, <laughs> if Loftus-Cheek doesn't start, I think this game will finish 0-0. Because Lukaku won't get that yeah. service, it will just be a really frustrating game. Southampton will realize will probably play for a point come like the second yeah. half. If if Loftus Cheek does start, and we have a bit of creativity, a bit of flair in that midfield area, I think we'll win it. But it still won't be a comfortable win. Yeah. It'll be a one nil win with a Lukaku header, I think. But it's not going to it's not going to be a performance that's going to inspire me with a lot of confidence. But if we get the three points, not a lot will be said about that. So we'll see. 
Yeah. And it's like, like you said, you know, I think it all comes down to um, who starts, you know, if mm. we do have that creative player, uh, uh, you know, Loftus cheek, if we can get someone like that in the team, then I think we'll, we'll definitely will cause my worry is that Southampton might just sit back and, and defend. And we do have that tendency not to be able to break teams down at times as well. You know, we saw with Zenit as well. So it, that does worry me because if they do sit back, it frustrates Lukaku when that happens because he can't get the service. We can't get the ball in the box. We lose possession a lot of the time as well. They might even try and hit us on the counter-attack and those kind of things do worry me. But I'm, I'm confident. I'm going to be confident. I've had a bad 24 hours. I'm going to get back into the happy place for a Chelsea fan. I'm going to say 2-0. Mendy clean sheet if he starts. Might get dropped. We don't know. Um, yeah, 2-0. I'm not going to change. I'm going to say 1-0. I'll say 1-0. I'll say 1-0 then to be... Stay confident as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Obviously, we'll we'll have the international break after, so we'll 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 think of a couple of topics to cover for for that as well. Um, I, I like doing our sort of specials where we, you know, we don't necessarily talk about games, and we might talk about our favourite Chelsea kits. That might be a really good episode to do as well. So, um, as always, guys, you know, you can follow us. I know I said at the start of the episode, you can follow us on our sh- social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter. So on Twitter, it's at from the shed end. That's all one word. And it's at from the shed end on Instagram with underscores between each of the words. So give us a like and, um, you know, interact with us on there. Definitely 100%. You know, we like to interact and we do polls on Twitter. I know Theo does a lot of work on Instagram as well. But also the big one, YouTube, like and subscribe. We've got about 13 subscribers, which is brilliant, but we need a lot more. So we need a lot more of you to comment on our videos as well. And just, just give us some feedback if you agree or disagree with us or, you know, if, if you, you think we're both wrong, then just let us know. And um, this has been episode 27 of From the Shed End podcast. Thanks as always, Theo, for joining me. And uh, we'll be back with a special in a week.